smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. So let's get to it. My friends, Real Confidence podcast listeners, you know, I think there are some topics that are just so important that people don't even ask about them until all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I'm seeing everything out on the internet about sales confidence. So we have not just an expert, but somebody who has an incredible story herself, Michelle R. Baker. And of course, check out her bio and other contact information in our show notes. But Michelle, thank you for joining us today to talk about why and how sales gives people the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> well, um, thank you for having me. It's uh, a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I know uh, confidence is something you're passionate about as well. So let's dive in. This is really fun and, and it's important for people's success. So let's dive in. Absolutely. Well put. So why don't we start just really quickly because you're, I mentioned you have this really stunning and I say stunning in a positive way background. Can you give people a sense? You, you, you kind of overcame a lot, had some really interesting turning points, but just give them a summary of how you ended up being a confidence sales coach amongst other things. I, well, the, the, the just of the story is I, um, I, I am formally incarcerated. I um, did not major in anything sales related. It was actually finance. And I tripped into it as a being valuable, being valuable to uh, in environments wherever I show up, I look at uh, how to do and give the best of who I am. And it always ends up delivering more than I anticipated, uh, more and it exceeds my expectation and those of others. And that's general, that's how I ended up hot where I am. And that's uh, the principles of what I teach as well when it comes to confidence. Well, tell me a little bit about who you teach. Who's the typical audience and what are their kind of, what are they saying to you about, you know, what are they looking for? It, it varies. So my clients are either female founders, women, business owners, sales leaders, um, and um, they have already uh, like they have a sales play with their sales leader. They have a sales playbook. They have a team. They've uh, done uh, gone and brought people in to train. Um, they have a sales process. And it's not, it's not sticky. They're still, uh, morale is low. It's, uh, performance is inconsistent. Um, and they're struggling. They're really talented people who are struggling uh, with, their pro uh, with their products or programs and their processes. If it's an individual, they have gone through, and especially women who work with me, they have gone through something in their life that has just really jolted their awareness and they no longer believe in the uh, circumstances and situations, right? They divorce, a job change, relocation. So everything they did has led them up to that point. And now they're doubting and questioning their abilities. Mm -hmm. Yet and still, they know they're gifted and talented. So there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. You told me originally there are no questions that are off limits. So I'm going to dive a little deep already with you. Jolted, 
traumatic or even, you know, just, um, um, something that we, you know, like you said, a job change or something that's just enough that's making them question their own worth. You certainly said you were incarcerated. You've had some major mentors in your life. So I suspect that people come to you because not only do they want to know what to do, but they need the confidence, like you said, to remind them that they are actually as smart as they, they do think they are. They just have to be reminded. Is that a valid comment? Absolutely. Very valid. (laughs) Yeah. And coming from somebody like yourself who has that presence and that calmness and that ability to, to say to them, look, you you are okay. And your processes while may not be perfect. You have the opportunity to, um, to really overcome whatever's going on in your head. Right. So exactly. Now you said women, is it only women? No, but that, so I always said my ideal client is women. So I'd say 80% of who I work with um, and individuals are women. Um, And then it kind of flips to, you know, 60, 40 uh, when it's sales leaders. Cause well, in the marketplace, most of sales leaders are males anyway. So that's where they actually are looking for, like I said, something more intuitive. So people get a sense that, that they, like I said, they, they, the processes aren't working, right? And if people are human. Sales is emotional. Statistics show that a sales transaction is 80% emotional and only 20% logical, right? So we are by nature emotionally driven and that's the work that I work with. If you aren't tapped into your emotions, you cannot um, help a, a buyer to tap into theirs and move that sales over the needle it becomes a struggle. So give me some real word scenarios. People have come to you and they're like, my sales game is not working. I'm failing. Or what are the words, what do they say to you? What, what is their expression that um, it's not working? How do they know? Well, most people just ask me, how do I get more clients? I mean, they're just that. And the, the conversation to me is I, I always go, why do you want more clients? Right. Or why is that? What do you have to offer that's important to the client? So I always take it back to something different and that underpinning. And that's how the conversation will start there. That's what an individual, what if they're looking for more sales and want sales coaching. Generally, most people, when they come to me for individually coach, individual coaching, they it's because that they are. Um, they're either scared of selling. They, they keep talking about what they don't want to do. Right. Um, I, you know, I want to sell, but I don't want to be salesy. Right. Um, they want it to be effortless and easy. They, they, you know, I want to, I want a thriving business and I don't want to sell. I want to learn how to, how to get clients without selling. Right. Like that's not going to happen. you got to sell. It's just a matter of learning how to do it in a way that's authentic to you, how to have that conversation and take that uh, buyer across the finish line in a manner that feels good to both of you because it's a relationship. It's not, you know, it's less trans, it's not as transactional as you think it is. It's more relational. I love that. I love, uh, there's so many gems in what you just said. Uh, I actually teach a class myself on pitch. I teach it at a couple of universities and, and organizations and pitch contests. And I always say pitch is not a presentation because a presentation is informative and you can actually suck and get by with that, right? Like people don't get pissed off. They may get like, hey, well, it's not a use of my time, but a pitch is a sale of some sort. You may be pitching a product. You may be pitching an idea. You may be pitching to ask for grant money and there's all different flavors. 
but it's the same issue that both sides, as you said, the person that you're pitching to and you are kind of on that high alert, like sale, sale, sale coming. Right. And that sale word is, or sales word is just dirty um, for lots of reasons. We don't even have to go into it, but I guess my question to you is um, dig a little deeper with me. Why, why are people so wigged out when they have to, like, they, they don't want to sell. What are they really worried about in your opinion? Fear rejection. Absolutely fear rejection. Um, again, it goes back to the emotional component. Most people aren't trained to deal with their emotions when it comes to sales. They're focusing on the clothes, right? Uh, and they're focusing on getting a sale. And I always tell people, when you focus on what you get, it becomes difficult. It's all about you. And, and, and intuitively and intrinsically, we're humans. We're, nat- we're mammals. We have this sense of when something's off, we just have this ability to dial it down and act like we don't. That's what causes most of human turmoil is going against our nature, right? And selling is against the nature, having a conversation with someone and finding out about their challenge and aligning your offer with their challenge. And when your offer doesn't align, referring them to someone else who can do a better job, that's natural. That's not what most salespeople do. That's not what most salespeople are taught to do. Yeah, it makes total sense. And, you know, all the body work that I do is all about the fear of rejection in any aspect of your life. But when you're going to sell, um, you know that there's a high likelihood. And, you know, I always say, like, even interviews, you're selling yourself. That may be the hardest thing to uh, walk in and think I'm going to be rejected because they're not going to like me. If I'm selling a product, I could always use the excuse, ah, it's the product or, you know, the weather or whatever. But, you know, how do people, how, how, how do you tell somebody to start overcoming that fear? And again, let's keep it specific to a sales situation that they know they have to sell. It's part of their job, whatever their title is. What's the first thing they need to do? The first thing I, I ask is why do you want to sell? Why do you believe your product is in the best interest of that person? So that is the first thing that I focus on with anyone, because if you are focused on you and if you don't know why, right, then that means go back to the drawing board, have go, go back to that person and tell them, you know, I, I, I want to clarify before, or when you get on the call, spend time clarifying and uncovering if there is an alignment to your offer and their challenge. It needs to be all about you. I find in communication, especially nowadays, it, I was like in my head, I'm, when I'm hearing people, I'm like, it's not a contest because most responses <laughs> people will tell you instead of asking an additional question, they want to tell you about themselves. Like they hear someone say something awesome and they're like, oh, I did that too. Or I do that too. Rarely is communication about the other person. It is so rare that I actually engage. And this is what I teach people is how to have conversations that are about other people. So let me ask you point blank. When somebody gives you the answer to your question, which is a beautiful question, like why is this product or why is this service relevant to the person you're selling it to? And they give you an answer and you're going, oh, that's such crap. That is not of value to anyone. You just sell, you're trying to sell it. How do you get to, and, and I struggle with this myself when I'm doing coaching to be perfectly blunt about it, telling somebody that they are so full of it. Um, how do you turn them around to make them realize, like you said, that maybe not everybody's going to want to like you or buy your product. How do you do that in a 
positive, productive way. Well, one of the things I start with is um, uh, when I start working with someone, I make them completely aware that this is going to be the most difficult thing you ever did. Because we're going to be dealing with a lot of um, underlying emotions, uh, self-limiting beliefs. Uh, We're going to probably pull up some stuff that you didn't even remember that has happened. And I am here. This is a completely, and then I tell people a lot of self-deprecating things about myself to put them at ease. I show them how a vulnerability, what it looks like, what it sounds like. So when I am faced with telling you, you suck, which I will never say in that way, I'll say it exactly in a very different way that they can receive it. They will receive it because they know they trust. And remember people hire me intuitively So that intuition will override any feeling and I can dial it back really fast because I can always trace it back to that intuition that they first sought me out. Yeah, you know, I have an admitted pet peeve that a lot of times people, coaches especially, I should say, will tell you, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Keep, you know, it's like this friendly, polite stuff. But, you know, when you're talking about sales, as we've been doing here, you're absolutely right if they believe that their product is the end all be all, but there's no value for the people that are buying it. And unfortunately, I mentioned I do pitch work. You know, every entrepreneur thinks their baby is the most beautiful. And I, I, it's hard to tell somebody your baby is ugly and your breath stinks, right? Like <laughs> get over it. But I think that that's a really important thing you know, to have that critical in a loving, kind way. Like you said, that's, that's hard. So good for you for doing that. I think the world needs more of that. You know, that's, <laughs> it's called honesty and truth, but it, it is wrapped in helpfulness and, and you clearly have an intent to want to help people. And I think that's oh, phenomenal. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit, if you have specific examples, those are always really awesome of like people you work with before and after and how, how and what changed in them and their success. Just, you yeah. know, what's the difference? Yeah, I work with a Olympic athlete who was uh, retiring and went through imposter syndrome and struggled greatly with becoming an entrepreneur and a speaker and having been an athlete her whole entire life. And we did the confidence work. Um, She contacted me six months later to tell me that she kept the work, right? Because I give them a cadence that they follow after me, anyone who works with me. Um, after the six months. And she is now, uh, she requalified and is now participating in the 2022 Winter Olympics because that's what she found her true calling was. So she's still going to be a speaker. She's done her TED talk and she has sponsors. And, um, you know, she called me while she was at Lake Placid to tell me that the work we did has helped a lot because um, there's a lot of negativity, right? And you, you know, people, that's our nature. It doesn't care who you are and where you go. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is spectacular. Thank you for those. We're going to take a super quick sponsor break. And when we come back, Michelle and I are going to share our best sales confidence tips. This podcast was sponsored by the American Confidence Institute. ACI trains smart, hardworking people how to use basic brain science to more effectively coach themselves and others. ACI is endorsed by top universities, the Strategic HR Management Association, and International Coaching Federation. Learn more about ACI's uniquely empowering keynotes, workshops, e-classes, and coaching certification at www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com. 
Um, I I want to drop two of my favorite. I, they're more than tips. They were mind shifts for me that made all the difference. And um, I do claim to be a extraordinary salesperson. I have almost close to 100% success rate on a sales call. So I would say that's pretty good. And I'm going to buy you a little time to think about one or two tips that you think can really make a difference for somebody who's listening here that they can go off and really feel more confident next time they have to pick up the phone or go to a meeting. And so for me, my two tips are really simple. One of them was that make it clear that this does, you don't have to buy this. Like this is, I'm here, this is what I got. This is um, something that I believe can help you and here's why. But I think there's that desperation that ekes out of people's pores sometimes that I got to make my quota or I got to sell this or I'm going to be rejected. And if you kind of say, you know what, it's a meeting for me and you to connect and figure out if I'm right, that I think this is really going to help you. And if it doesn't, if it's not a good fit, I'm walking away. So it supports a lot of what you said. But in my head, when I make that call, I have to remind myself that that's the goal is just to, to figure out if it's as good a fit as I think it's going to be for the person. And the second part is to be an absolute hound on feedback. So when somebody says no, I am admittedly ruthless, Michelle. Like I, I will go and I've done some things that I'm not too proud about, literally hound down their text numbers or something and be like, I don't want you to buy, but I just want to understand why you decided not to. And nine out of 10 times, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with budgets or positions or whatever. And yeah, I also remind myself that there's a lot that you can't control in a sales cycle. So for me, those are my two best. What about you? Give us one or two that fly out of uh, your brain. Yeah. And I think the first one will apply to you. Focus on what you propose, not the close. Um, and that. so that's, I tell people, you, people are so busy trying to close, right? And I say successful salespeople don't hear no less. They just... Um, uh, they actually hear it more. So they've built up a resistance and a resilience to it, mm. right? Because they're focused on, they're not focused on closing, they're focused on proposing value, right? And when you focus on your clothes, you actually feel rejected all day long because the salespeople we hear know all day long, not everybody's going to buy. Like most salespeople don't have a hundred percent like you, right? So when you focus on what you propose, you actually win every call, just be valuable and you win every time. And it actually allows you to go back. You can follow up. You can follow through. You can do all kinds of magical things when you're valuable in that conversation versus trying to get something from someone. Another thing is think about um, to spend time in um, getting in a state to create, right? You can't get an apple tree from an orange seed. When you go on that call and you're emotionally desperate or nervous or fearful, you will only create more of that on the call. Spend time getting to know that person and getting to know yourself and visualizing success. Mm. It doesn't mean visualize closing, visualize that call going exceptionally well, you and that person walking away exceedingly happy and jubilant about the opportunity to have connected and learn more about each other and each other's businesses and the opportunity. So that's what you focus on. So those two things will help you be successful. Oh, I love that. You know, I got to clarify when I said hundred percent, it's hundred percent when there's a fit, right? Yeah. And I, my father, bless his heart, um, used to say, you got to throw a lot of stuff against the wall um, before it sticks. And that was his way of expressing about my brother-in-law, who is a, who is a life um, salesperson too, 
said to me one day, you know, sales, like you also said, is a kind of a numbers game. You're going to get a lot of no's. He says, in fact, out of 10 calls or 10 meetings, you're going to get probably eight or nine, maybe even 10 no's. Yeah. But kiss the people along that path because when you, they're making it easier for you to find the next one. And I, again, that was like a mind shift for me that was major. And I think in some ways, maybe some sums up everything we're talking about is, you know, get out there and talk to people, make it less about the product and about you make it about what they're looking for, figure out if it's a good fit and if it works great. And if it doesn't work, thank you for that opportunity. I got to go find number 10. (laughs) So any last thoughts before we wrap up this podcast, Michelle, I I, I love your attitude. Um, My folks here on the podcast can't see how you have the most electric smile and just a beautiful aura about you, but I, I know it's come through in your voice and your, your wisdom here, but any last thoughts that you want to just give to our listeners today? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, if you have something you believe is valuable, stick with it. Um, practice, right? Ret- repetition is the mother of success. And that's what most people don't realize. They give up and they stop and they quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Well, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance with me and with the audience. Um, it is so refreshing to hear and see somebody of your um perspective and just the way that you deliver your message is really confidence building. So thank you for being part of the community. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. (laughs) So before we completely wrap up, I want to let you know that full transcripts and show notes for this and other episodes can be found on the website, www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com forward slash podcast. I also want to remind you once again that the best way to get confidence for yourself is to give it to others. And you can do it so easily just by liking and sharing this episode on your favorite social media channels. You can even give me some confidence fuel by sending in any comments about the topics I've covered or ones you'd like me to consider for the future. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. Thank you for helping to bring more confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.